Good morning, everyone. It would be really good to see you all again one day. Not long to wait now, but welcome to Church Online, to our regular Door of Hope people, and also to visitors who are tuning in this morning. We're doing a series, People of the Fine Print. So I welcome you to sit back, pick up your Bibles if you like, but listen today to the story of people of the fine print. Before I get there, I don't know if you've ever been in the right place at the right time to do the right thing. In isolation, I was finding it very difficult to know how to be kind, how to be generous to others. And uh, one day I was out walking and I thought, Lord, give me an opportunity today. I saw this little old lady and she was trying to catch her puppy dog. It was a puppy and it was rolling and it was running. Now, I'm not a real great friend of animals and I haven't grown up with animals. So I thought, before I knew it, I don't think I did think. I called out, can I help you catch the dog? <laughs> Big deal. I'm not sure how I would have done it. But she was over there in the neighbor's house and the dog was running around and I called out, Hey dog, hey dog. And it took one look at me and ran home. So there you are. I was in the right place at the right time and the dog went home. The woman was very thankful. She had inadvertently let the dog out. But, you know, it's more about being available and living our faith. And I want to talk today about women in the Bible, related to one story, who is Deborah. But in this story, I want to introduce you to three women, two of whom you may never have heard of or read about. They're women of the fine print. And of course, my story is about Deborah. Deborah, a woman who lived in trying situation when it was not safe to be on the roads, when the enemy was there, when circumstances were hard. And this is a story about her faith. And so the big idea today that I want you to take away is this. Don't let circumstances, decisions, the outward world, the influence of friends, whatever's happening out there, do not let circumstances dictate or determine or define your faith. So here it is. Have a look. Don't let your situation determine your faith. These days, of course, we are not really sure what's going on. We thought we were over the hump of the coronavirus and then we've got new outbreaks. So we live with a certain bit of uncertainty again. But here it is. Our hope is in our God. Our God has not abandoned us. Our God has not lost control. It's not as if he doesn't know what's going on. Our God is there for us. I remember a time in my life when I was in a bad place. I felt that God had abandoned me. I felt that others had abandoned me. And in my darkness, I would sing this song. It's a song of the 90s. I don't know if you know it, 
I've got the words up there just of the song. I'd sing through my tears of prayer to my God. And it went like this. Have faith in God. I'm not going to sing it. I can't. But have faith in God. Let your hope rest on the faith he has placed in your heart. Never give up. Never let go of the faith he has placed in your heart. So I want to tell you the story of these three women centred around the story of Deborah. Deborah. I love the story of Deborah. And if I'm ever given a choice to speak on someone from the scriptures, I will go to Deborah. She's one of my heroes. She's one of the mentors from scripture for me. A little bit of the backstory. You remember the larger than life Abraham. He's not a man of the fine print. He's larger than life, the father of faith. And God had given him promises. In his old age, he'd have a son. From that son would become a nation. And this nation was meant to be a light and salt to the nations around them to bless them so that they would be attracted to the one true God whom they worshipped. And they'd have a land. Well, we go on into the story. The children of Israel ended up in Egypt as slaves. 400 years later, Moses come along, comes along and he takes them out. And eventually Joshua takes them into this land. Mighty Joshua, wonderful Moses, Abraham, great men of the big print of scriptures. And here they are, settled in the land. But, but, but. Things are not going well. In fact, there is a constant spiral of downward, downward movement away from God. And it is in this situation that we find many stories of people of the fine print. So our story today is in Judges chapter 4. And it starts with this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of the army, was based in Harasheth Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord. So here is this downward spiral, the repetitive cycle. Again, they did evil after the generation died before them. Again, so, so God gave them into the hand of the enemy. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord sent a deliverer. You got it? But it wasn't long before they sinned again. 
And so it's this little word again that is an important word here. If you look at the book of Judges, you'll find this word about six times. Again and again and again. Oh Lord, have mercy on us in the times of our agains. There's another little word that I love. This is not in scripture, but to me, it is a picture of the faithfulness of God's people. And this word is called meanwhile. Meanwhile. Throughout history, there has always been a meanwhile. People of faith who stayed steadfast and true and who kept the faith and didn't allow the situation, the circumstances, the persecutions, the wars, the famines, the droughts, they didn't allow that to determine their faith in God. Meanwhile. So in our story, there's a meanwhile. And it is about Deborah. Deborah. Now the scripts that go on hear about this faithful woman. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Labadoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have her settle their disputes. Deborah, so faithful was she, so constant was she, that the tree was named after her. Tree, the palm of Deborah. But here we have Deborah, a prophet, through whom the Lord spoke. The Lord came, spoke to her, and she spoke it out. Prophets, very important in those days. They were the ones who carried the word of God, who spoke the word of God, who gave the word of God to the people. She was a leader, or if you like, a judge. They were the leaders of their people. And she did this. She did this faithfully. And it seems as if her husband didn't even mind. She was married. I don't know about children. But she had a very public ministry. People knew who she was. And later in the next chapter, she's actually called the mother of Israel, the mother of Israel. Don't you like that? Deborah, Deborah, faithful, there day after day, doing what should be done in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, because she did not let circumstances determine her faith. And her circumstances, well, it was so unsafe that people couldn't travel on the roads. The people had abandoned their villages and gone to live in the hills or the caves. We find this in chapter 5. It says this, People avoided the main roads and travellers stayed on winding paths. There were few people left in the village of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother of Israel. When Israel chose new gods... War erupted at the city gates, yet a shield and a spear could not be found among 40,000 warriors in Israel. She didn't hide. She didn't run away. She stayed. 
She did not hide from her gender. She did not hide from leadership. She did not hide from the word of God. She did not hide from speaking the word of God. She did not hide from public ministry in those tumultuous days. Faithfully, day after day, she turned up and sat under her tree, the tree or the palm of Deborah. So here we have a faithful woman, a prophet, available, obedient. Her faith was not determined by circumstances. She was in the right place at the right time to be used by God. The day came when she called Barak. Now Barak was the leader of this 40,000 motley crew of pathetic soldiers who only had wooden bows and arrows, no spears, no iron, no metal, nothing. Because the king of Canaan, Jabin, had a monopoly on that. And he had iron chariots, weapons of mass destruction. And they had wooden bows and arrows, fearful, afraid, forgetting their God. It seems that they did call out to the gods of the Canaanites, but they were hiding and they were a motley crew with a fearful leader. Don't be too worried about Barak. Don't give him a hard time. How would you fare in that situation? All you have is stories of the past that your ancestors told. You had Deborah there somewhere and she administered the word of God and she was known, didn't carry around a Bible. He had lost faith in his God. So Deborah called him and said, Barak, you are to go out and to fight this king. And he says, yes, ma'am, I'm going. But, 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 I'm only going if you come with me. Now, we read this as if that's a big mistake. But I want to say this. If you read of any time when the armies went out, they always took a prophet with them. The kings would say to the prophet, will we win? Should we go to battle? And the prophets would say no. Or the prophets would say yes. And sometimes they disobeyed the prophets and they lost. But the book of Kings, the books through there, they have a prophet. Why? Because the prophet was God's gift of the word of God, someone who spoke. So it's like Barak said, I'll go with you. You be my Bible, if you like. You be my scriptures. You be the word of God. Now, I know that Deborah said to him, you won't get honor from this. You won't get glory. It will be given to a woman. It didn't seem as if he minded. You see, later in chapter 5, we read about Deborah and Barak singing praise to God for the victories, and they extolled the woman to whom the glory and honour was given. So don't be too hard on him. Don't be too hard on him. We think somewhere along the road that he did the wrong thing. But this is God's timing. God's timing for women to be blessed and extolled. I just had to throw that bit in. 
So yes, she did go with Barak. And this brings us to the next part of the story. Later on, we're introduced to a woman named J.L. J.L. Don't know if you've heard of her. Some of you will. Some of you will know the story about her betrayal, if you like, her um, murderous ways with the king. But let's, let's just hold it there and see what really happened in the story. You see, God did the fighting for the Israelites. Remember, they had bows and arrows, wooden ones, and they had 900 chariots coming towards them. So God just called on the hosts of heaven and it rained and it rained and the chariots got bogged. How about that for a God who does the fighting for us? So these Canaanites relied on their chariots and horses and they let them down because the Lord God of the hosts sent rain and bogged them and they ran away and were defeated. And it looked as if there was victory, except, except, except. The commander of the army, Sisera, ran away and he got away and he came to Jael, nomadic woman, who was a Kenite. You think, well, who on earth are the Kenites? This is an important part of the story. The Kenites were very closely related to the children of Israel. They knew about the incredible story of God bringing them out of Egypt. They knew about Moses and Moses leading them into the promised land. They watched, they saw, they were part of the story because Moses' father-in-law was a Kenite. And did this woman have a loyalty to the children of Israel, to the children of God, to the higher God, to Jehovah. We don't know. All we know is that her husband, Habar, had made peace with Jabin and Sisera. And I'm not sure what that peace cost them. Because in those days, it was not peace. That was just, you do your thing, I do your th my thing, and we won't worry each other. It was the captor. It was the cruelty of a king who reigned for 20 years. And it seems as if peace was not at any price. It cost. I don't know where Haber was in this story, but Jael was there in the tents, tending her domestic life, looking after the animals, doing whatever you did as a nomadic woman. And Sisera turned up. Now, this could have been a very frightening moment. The military leader coming and a woman alone, probably with just her servants. It's dangerous. He could kill. He was cruel. But he was tired and he was deplete and he was on the run and he was discouraged and all he wanted was a drink of water and a sleep. And she gave him hospitality. He dared to go into her tent, which was again culturally wrong. Now, Jael, I don't know, I'm reading into this, but maybe she supposed that when he woke, she would be wiped out because of the humiliation that he had suffered. But Jael took what she had, what she was familiar with, a tent peg, every day she 
put the tent pegs in, pack them up whenever the nomadic people moved, and she actually slaughtered the king, the military hero, sorry, Sisera. She slaughtered him. It's in chapter 5 that we discover that she became the hero of the story. She was the one who was honoured. And in that song that Barak and Deborah sing, they call her prophetically most blessed of women. Now, I only know that phrase of one other woman, and that was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And here we have JL, out of loyalty. We don't know the details. We don't know much. There's just a few lines in the story. But she is called blessed among women. And she is the one that brought shame on the men in that culture. The military leaders of both armies. Blessed of women, JL. Don't read too much into the story about whether it was right or wrong. If it was David who killed the enemy, we'd be rejoicing. He killed Goliath. We thought it was wonderful. And he is an enemy of God, and she did it. Blessed among women. J.L. Her faith may be dormant. Her stories of God may be in her memory long lost. But she knew, she knew, and her loyalty to the God Most High, her faith at that time, being in the right place at the right time, she was able to fulfill that prophecy that Deborah made. But that's not all. There's another woman in this story, another series of women. And we've got to go to the end of the chapter to read this. You see, it's Sisera's mother. And this is what the scriptures say about her. Listen to this. It says, uh, the end of chapter 5. It says, um, ah, let me just turn the pages for a minute of my Bible, find it, and it says that Sisera's mother, out of the window she peered. The mother of Sisera gazed through the lattice. Why is this chariot taking so long? Why tarry the hoofbeats of the chariots? Her wisest ladies made answer. Indeed, she answers the questions herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? A girl or two for every man? Spoil of dyed colourful stuffs for Sisera? Spoiled of coloured dyed stuffs embroidered, embroidered on both sides? So, so here they are, waiting, gazing, looking for the dust of the chariots, waiting for the victory to come back. Waiting, waiting. And it didn't happen. I don't know how much she waited. Where was her faith? Where was her faith? The psalmist tells us that we have a choice. Some trust in chariots and make their boast in chariots. But we make our boast in the Lord. We put our trust and confidence in our God. So here's three women. The circumstances around them exposing the faith that was in their heart. Deborah, faithful, faithfully turning up day by day and at the right moment she's there and available and she goes with Barak. She prophesies 
a woman of God who was not dictated to by the circumstances. We have Jael, maybe a dormant faith, but one who's true to her God. And at the right occasion, she remains loyal to God of the Old Testament, God of Israel, Yahweh, the God who does not change, the God who we worship. And her faith allowed her to do the right thing at the right time. Don't judge her by New Testament. Compare her with the other warriors of faith in the Old Testament. The Hebrew scriptures, the Jewish people, have listed among the heroes. And then there's Sisera's mother and the women around her. Their faith was in what they owned, what they saw, the might and strength of chariots, their position in society, and it failed them. It dictated to them what they believed in. So here is your invitation for today in these days where we are to live waiting expectantly for us to be in the right place at the right time so that our faith can be exposed because we allow our God to determine how to be. He has placed faith in us, trust in us. He trusts us. He believes in us. Will we be found faithful of him? Remember the writer to the Hebrews said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we put our trust, our hope, our expectations, our anticipation, our lives on the line, believing what God has said will happen, believing that our God is able, our God is capable, our God has not changed. He's always been and always will be God for us. God in us, God through and through. No, he's not lost control. No, he hasn't departed and abandoned us. No, he has not lost it. Our God is here. Put your faith in him. Let's pray. Thank you, blessed Father, who sent his son for us so that we could see and feel and touch and know what this creator God, what this, what this God of the hosts, the God of the armies is like. And Lord, you gave yourself for us so that we could put our trust, put our hope in you. And my prayer is today that we would be found faithful that we would be found full of the trust, believing your word, believing that you are who you say you are in this world. And my prayer is that we would be blessed among men and women and found faithful. In your name we pray. Amen.